Journey into comics. Poor 360. Journey into wrestling. Foodies watching movies. Adulting ain't easy. Podcastrophe. Kids for Sale. Voice Survival Podcast. Crucial Tunes. Gallifradio. Breeze with Dudes. Dungeons with Dudes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or at journeyintocomics.com. The following, following. the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Hey yo, hi yo. This is Nick Maxson from Brews with Dudes, and you are about to embark on the Journey into Comics Best of the Week show, featuring highlights from all episodes on the network this week. So go ahead and sit back, crack open a tasty brew, and enjoy. And here we. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comics. It is feature week here on the Journey Into Comics Network. Thanks to our amazing host, Podbean, for allowing us to have that happen this week. We're super grateful. But the whole reason that it's feature week is because, well, today we're celebrating something quite spectacular. It's the fifth year anniversary of the Journey Into Comics podcast today. Five years ago, if we went back in time, a very we're going to get to you guests here in one second, I promise. We do have guests today, by the way. But five years ago, it was me, very akin to this, just sitting back by myself. I think I was in my dad's house. I was very nervous. I was uncertain of what I was going to do. And for some odd reason, 26 minutes was my goal. I was going to do a 26-minute podcast to the fucking second. And I did that. It was pretty good. But um, here we are now, five years later. A lot has changed, 226 episodes later. And today I am joined by two of the catalysts for how this whole thing has went down and how far the network has come and all this. Uh, welcome to my show, uh, not only the co-hosts of Foodies Watching Movies and Gallifradio, also my bandmates and Walk Among Us, Miss Sarah and Veronica. Welcome. Hi. How are you guys Yo. doing? That's us. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad to have you guys both. Sarah, yeah. I think this is your first official JIC a- appearance. Uh, yeah, I don't talk comics very much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're pretty nerdy though, so I think you'll be doing. Well, like, you'll I know about well. them, and I know stuff about them. I don't know not how like... being around me you couldn't, right? Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. but, yeah. All nerd all the time. We're not here to talk about me though. Of course, welcome back, V. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be celebrating five years of of your podcast. Yeah, it's really, it's crazy. Uh, It's funny because every time something momentous happens or like, uh, what's that called? Like a milestone timeline thing happens. Mm -hmm. I get into the repetition and Dick and Tyler, they're going to already, they're at their jobs right now making fun of me as they're listening to this because I always reminisce a little bit about the past and like how it's been. But for me, this podcasting journey has happened not only super quickly, but I feel like it's been a part of me now forever, even though it hasn't. It's only been five years I've been doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to to speak on your guys' like, I guess, uh, positive reinforcement towards me, you guys were the ones that suggested, hey, like, seriously, go after doing the network. Right. And that has changed everything. Like, it gave me a different focus, and we've been, you know, just working really hard. So, 
all of that being said, it's like to finally be here and have this feature week is really cool. We're celebrating the five years of JIC. Coupled with that, you're going to get a whole bunch of awesome stuff if you're a new listener to the Journey into Comics podcast. Every day of the week, we release content right here on journeyintocomics.com. So just stick around. Tomorrow, brand new show, Poor360, coming mm. to you guys live. Mm. I'm really excited for his show to drop. Wednesday, we've got... Uh, journey into wrestling on thursday we've got an episode of podcastrophy friday the first episode of season two of the voice of survival my other podcast mm-hmm. saturday a bruise with dudes sunday dungeons with dudes episode two make sure to check that <laughs> mm-hmm. one out they played super fight and as well as the best of the week hitting you on sunday so those are the things you guys can look forward to let's get into some comic shit you guys ready for this i'm ready we've got a lot of stuff we to get a, into yeah we nerded out a lot yeah, this totally, weekend totally uh, also, don't forget we have like some Gotham-y stuff to talk about. I just wanted to. Oh, I can't wait to oh, talk about Gotham. That might be. We the have fi- things to say about. That might Gotham. be the finale of the part of this episode. We'll get into there. But so we're going to talk about all kinds of comic stuff, whether it's based on movies, based on the actual books themselves. We've got some other like crazy news that has happened. So the first thing up on our docket is going to be we're going to talk about Into the Spider Verse. This animated movie came out in December, and it's been just kicking ass and taking names. Uh, it was uh, officially uh, it won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Animated Feature. Mm-hmm. Is Critics' Choice Award be? I mean, you're a movie buff, and I just want your opinion because I think I have maybe a slightly different opinion of the Critics' Choice. Is it as big of a deal as winning a Golden Globe? Um. Well, maybe to the people who made the movie, I guess. Okay. But to the casual viewer, not particularly. I think it goes like Critics' Choice Awards and then Golden Globes and then Oscars. So, yes. I so mean, it's up there, I suppose. I mean, I guess you're still getting a big-ass award. It's yeah, so cool I mean, to win. it's nice that the critics like them, you know. But, I mean, it's not necessarily important for critics to like a movie for it to be good or watchable because... You know, if you go on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever website you want to check, that always tells you what the critics versus what the viewers, you know. Correct. And sometimes those differences are noticeable. Oh, yeah. Especially in the comic mm. book community. Mm-hmm. I feel it's like... very divisive for comic book movies. With it, well, and I feel like it kind of be, become a trend. If you're a DC movie, the critics are going to shit on it. The hardcore fans are going to love it. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be kind of this gray area of, well, The casual is it good? viewers are going to be wishing it was Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and then you've got like if it's a marvel movie almost always the critics and fans are on the same page mm-hmm. this was bomb and then if it's a like a marvel sponsored sony movie again it's back to that critics shit all over it mm-hmm. fans really like it what's the gray area there you know totally. uh, also interesting to note that the golden globes also selected into the spider-verse as the best animated movie could this be a runaway at the Oscars? Could this take the best animated feature? And typically, when something wins a Golden Globe, it has more. It's more likely to win an Oscar than not. And with how much people are praising this movie, I mean, personally, I haven't seen it yet, but my little son got to see it, and he he really liked it. He wouldn't stop talking about it. Well, he wouldn't like... stop talking about Aquaman, but we'll talk about mm. that too. That's also true. Yeah, we're going to get into some Aquaman talk. No, I just feel like it's interesting because you look at. Typically, if it's a Pixar film going into the Oscars, it usually has a shot to take it. Mm -hmm. And you've got Incredibles 2 that came out. It's an animated feature. And it's getting just blown away by Into the Spider-Verse. I think it's very interesting that two of the best animated movies of 2018 were 
Superhero ones. Super well, and I I really think that yes, Incredibles is a superhero flick. Let's be correct. It's mm-hmm. more of a family movie though. It has that more of a like trying to build the bonds of a family and showing you that ability to work together and whatnot. Well, most superhero movies have that subplot going on if you really mm-hmm. think about it. But I it's think all about it's, teamwork, guys. I was going to say it's more of the focus for the Incredibles because they're a family, I guess is the way to say sure, that. Sure, sure, but it's still a superhero movie. That's the whole premise. Totally. Well, let's continue on with Into the Spider-Verse because we also just found out that it's crossed the $300 million mark worldwide total box office. Mm-hmm. Pretty huge numbers. Let's see here if there's any uh, comparison. Question. Did I see somewhere online that Aquaman 2 reached over a billion worldwide? Aquaman just reached over a billion worldwide. Correct. It's We're going to talk about crazy. that later. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so much money. Yeah. And it's only been out for, let's see, December 20th is when that movie came out. So it's been less than a month. Well, two and a half weeks, I think. Uh, but people raving about it. Uh, we're going to talk about our buddy Cody, who we watched some MCU stuff mm-hmm. with, and he went and saw Aquaman and was like, you guys, the color palette alone is worth the price of admission. Interesting. He said it was the most beautiful movie he's ever seen. So That's wild. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. So, yeah, with Into the Spider-Verse crossing 300 million worldwide, that's just pretty, to me, pretty impressive. Uh, it doesn't really say up against other movies what has come out, but it it made 147 million domestically for an animated feature. I think I feel like that's pretty good numbers. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. a super box officey thing, so I'm excited to see it. I hope we see it soon. Yeah, the end. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Okay. The end. <laughs> the end, yeah. That's all I wanted to say about that. And then, okay, the last thing we want to talk about with Into the Spider-Verse, by the way, this is just kind of because 2018 is officially wrapped. We're here in 2019. So some of those things, they wanted to make sure the year was fully done and they could calculate all their things. According to Rotten Tomatoes, and we're going to jump from here, uh, seg- right on our, jump on our segue and ride, as it were, mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes announced that Into the Spider-Verse, officially the best-reviewed animated movie of the past year, leading... The Way with a 97% certified fresh. It only notched 10 rotten reviews from a total of 324 critics. Wow. Whoa, that's pretty good. It was a pretty good year for superhero animated movies as three of the top five featured crime-fighting characters. Uh, Second place was Incredibles 2, and then um, fifth was Teen Titans Go!, which was another awesome movie. I have something to say about that. I recently sure. just, uh, my little son got me to watch Teen Titans Go with him. And I had never really watched it before. And we watched like five episodes in a row, just like binge watch it. They're only like 20 minutes, right? Yeah, something like that. And it was awesome. I was like, <laughs> oh, damn, I think I have a new favorite show. And it's nice because I can watch it with my son. It's a clever cartoon. It's like yeah, it was pretty funny. our generation I was writing giggling. it, so we get it. And I mean, they utilize that. One thing you brought to my attention was like the Golden Girls episode. Oh my god, that was so funny! They had the Golden Girls like appear as like <laughs> uh, like they she something su- from she Green summoned, Lantern. Yeah, like yeah, they summoned uh, like the most powerful weapon he could think of, and it was the fucking Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> it love was so that. funny. <laughs> yeah. I recommend Teen Titans Go. Yeah, and Teen Titans Go to the movies was a really funny, um, clever movie that I enjoyed watching. Yeah, I know we Ollie watched that with Ollie. Watch he it. liked yeah, it. Yeah, it was. That was funny. I yeah, I'm I'm in. So, yeah, so uh, 
overall, I think Into the Spider-Verse is the top movie of 2018 I didn't see that I am stoked to see. Um, Now, moving out of that, now this is going to kind of, we're going to kind of slow down here from this side of it. We're going to talk about some other stuff, get Sarah involved in this again. Sarah, we got our buddy Cody over. Mm -hmm. He's been coming over for the past several months after his piano lesson. Yeah. And we've been getting him through the MCU because to date, he'd only ever seen Veronica. He'd only ever seen two of the MCU movies. I'm pretty sure it was like uh doctor strange and iron man or doctor strange and iron man 2 or something it was some arbitrary thing but doctor strange was the one i'm absolutely certain he saw because he saw it in theaters Mm -hmm. and that's what made him interested he's like man are these really good and i was like are they good what are you doing (laughs) he's like oh my god i mean i hated to be offended but i was like a little bit offended i was like shit we got to get this guy through it so we've been doing that sarah and Mm -hmm. i think it's been quite enjoyable yeah, it's been interesting to watch through them all, like, you know, cut, like one to two movies a week, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back Going to back. Them. Yeah, that's been... Powering uh, through. Yeah, I mean, well, sometimes every other week, but... Um, Just depends on scheduling. I feel like I I walked away with new favorite movies. Um, some movies didn't age as well as I... Did you guys to. even watch the <laughs> Thor movies? Yeah, we watched everything. <laughs> yeah, we and watched the bad one. And <laughs> they actually, were really bad on the rewatch. <laughs> even though we didn't finish it, technically we started this out of order a little bit because we watched it chronologically because mm-hmm. I wanted to see how that was. And then I stopped it because I didn't want to do that for Guardians 2. I didn't want to go back to back on that. But we started with Captain America, the first Avenger. And... Mm-hmm. That's a good one. It is a good yeah. one. It's a little bit different, but it's you know it's set in the '40s, so it predates everything else in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of get like put into the Tony Stark thing, and then there are pieces. And one thing I want to before we get into some of the things Sarah was talking about, because I'm really interested to hear what she thought aged well, didn't age well, mm-hmm. and stuff, um, and different favorites and whatnot. One thing I've loved is the reactions to Cody's um, finding of things that I'm anticipating his reaction for. Yeah, it was fun watching mm-hmm. like react i mean i guess it's it's like it's like seeing a kid at christmas really it is because like i know that there's a fun present coming like just to literally jump forward this week and this is here we are because we're here we did black panther infinity war in a back-to-back mm-hmm. which two two and a half hour movies back-to-back it was intense That's hardcore but it was worth it it was <laughs> totally yeah, yeah he watched black panther and i could just tell he was like a little itching about it because he had like he didn't say it until i put it in as soon as i put the disc for infinity war and he goes we got like halfway into this and this is the only movie i've been anticipating watching i've been so like excited to finally get here and i was like then we're watching it right fucking now like i don't (laughs) care you know (laughs) um but like in infinity war there's the scene where thor returns to earth Mm-hmm. With Rocket and Groot through mm-hmm. the Bifrost through Stormbreaker, and I look over and Cody is just like, <gasps> excitement, totally just like in yes. the moment there, just like you know you can feel it. I wish I was a fly in the wall when uh, he saw the snap. Oh, then that was great too. He was just like what, and then it was just <laughs> like okay, well now we have Ant Man and the Wasp to watch, and then by that point we're not too far out from Captain Marvel. So um, mm-hmm. I, I have been enjoying putting Cody through the ring or watching the MCU and knowing how things play out and knowing he doesn't and then seeing, and then like him seeing Dr. Strange and is like totally outside of the bubble of this 
on his own to go back to it and then to rewatch it. He had a different appreciation for the movie. And then now to see, I, I feel like Dr. Strange, I don't want to speak on Cody's behalf. I feel like Dr. Strange has become his favorite character though. So yeah, I could see him like in Dr. Strange. Yeah. He's, he's pretty wicked. So, uh, Sarah, back to you. I got to know, you said that you thought, and, and cause this is your perspective now, uh, what movies did you think didn't age well? And then also hmm. to 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 flip side that, what were some new favorites you walked away with? That's an exciting thing to hear from you, because I love the MCU and I feel like I have a hard time even. I feel like they're all my children, you know, like they're impo- it's impossible to choose a favorite because I have every movie has a moment that just makes me go like, holy fuck, this is the movie, you know, like this is the one. So, mm-hmm. um, what I want to know what changed for you. Well, uh, it's hard for me to remember. First of all, I wish I had like a list of the movies in front of me. Oh, let me pull it up for you because I feel <laughs> oh, well, let me just slightly put on the spot. I can't remember exactly. It's just been a long journey. That's a lot of watching everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is the inaugural episode of Poor 360. I am your host, Andrew Poor, and I want to thank you for joining me here today. Now, the topic for this week is the government shutdown. This is a United States really only thing, and this is, I thought, would be a fitting first topic. I said on the previous shows that I was involved with that I wasn't going to premiere this show until the government shutdown ended, but... After a few weeks, it seems like that's really not going to be the case, at least for a little while longer. It's already the longest government shutdown in U.S. history since shutdowns really became an option. And I really, when I kind of came to think about this, I was like, what really, what is a government shutdown? I've heard about it in the past under the Obama administration, under the Bush administration, but I really haven't known too much about it. It's really become a bigger thing under the Trump administration because I think we've already had three, maybe four. And I'll really get into that, but... Kind of the one thing I was going to dive into is really what is a government shutdown. Now, I'm going to everyone's trusted resource, and that is Wikipedia. Really, if you don't know something, you're just bored, just go to Wikipedia and just search something out. A lot of people just have that random button. And I know you kind of see they have a big thing about donating at the top now or just being a contributor. But, hey, they helped you get through high school. Maybe throw them a couple bucks. But, alright, so in the United States politics, a government shutdown occurs when Congress fails to pass sufficient appropriation bills or continuing resolutions to fund federal government operations and agencies, or when the president refuses to sign into law such bills or resolutions, in such cases the current interpretation of the Anti-Deficiency Act, requires the federal government begin a shutdown of the affected activities involving the furlough of non-essential personnel and curtailment of agency activities and services. Essential employees are still required to work without pay until the government reopens, when they may then receive back pay. The employees may include medical professionals in the veterans, hospital, and TSA agents. Now, kind of historically, since 1976, when the current budget and appropriations process was enacted, there had been 22 gaps in budget funding, 10 of which led to federal employees being furloughed. Now, in prior to 1990, funding gaps did not always lead to the government shutdowns, but since 1990, the practice has been shut down has been to shut down the government for all funding gaps. Shutdowns have occurred at the state, territorial, and local levels of government. Now, during the Ronald Reagan administration, there were a total of eight shutdowns lasting four days or less. Reasons were arguments over the Fairness Doctrine, Welfare Package, 
water-slash-crime-fighting packages, foreign aid cuts, MX missile funding, needed spending bills and cuts in defense. A funding gap in 1990 during the George H.W. Bush administration caused a weekend shutdown. During the Bill Clinton administration, there were two government shutdowns during 1995 and 1996, lasting five and 21 days respectively, at that point being the longest government shutdown in history, which recently was passed. Um, And that shutdown, the 21-day one, was based on disagreement on whether to cut government services. Now, during the Barack Obama administration, a 16-day government shutdown occurred during October of 2013 over Democrats and Republicans not coming to an agreement for the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, which is known colloquially as Obamacare. Uh, Three funding gaps have occurred during the Donald Trump administration, a three-day shutdown during January 2018, a funding gap that occurred overnight on February 9th, 2018, which did not result in workers being furloughed, and an ongoing shutdown that began during December 2018 over proposed funding for a U.S.-Mexico border wall. Now, government shutdowns have the effect of disrupting government agencies, increasing costs of the government due to lost labor. During the 2013 shutdown, Standard & Poor's, the financial ratings agency, stated on October 16th, the shutdown had to date taken $24 billion out of the economy and shaved at least 0.6% off annualized fourth quarter 2013 GDP growth. Now that seems kind of crazy, but I really, I didn't really know much about what caused I know it's just, if they didn't pass a budget, there was no way to really pay employees and keep government running as it should, but the government can't really shut down. They can't just stop. The president doesn't become instantly employed. Congress doesn't get instantly unemployed. Police, fire, all that stuff. All the government agencies don't just stop functioning because that would be insane. And we'd fall into a purge level chaos like none of which we've ever seen before. But this is kind of going back. This has been, like I said, it's been a historical event that's going to the back to the Reagan administration. So kind of here's kind of a little bit more about a government shutdown. So under the separation of powers created by the United States Constitution... The United States Congress has the sole power of the purse and responsibility for appropriating government funds. Like other bills, appropriations must be passed by both the House of Representatives and the Senate. Upon passage of a final version by both houses, they go to the President of the United States, the President signs the bill, they become law. If instead the President vetoes them, they go back to Congress, where the veto can in rare instances be overridden by a two-thirds vote of both houses. Government shall not send to occur the President or one or both the Chambers of Congress are unable to resolve agreements over budget allocations between the existing budget, but before the existing budget cycle ends, which is really how all of the recent ones have come to pass, has been over someone tacking on an important activity to a budget and not refusing to pass anything else until that item kind of goes enacts with it. So, big one coming, which I'll get to later during the Trump administration, but kind of backing up. So. Initially, many foreign federal agencies continued to operate during shutdowns while minimizing all non-essential operations and obligations, believing that Congress did not intend the agencies close down while waiting for enactment of annual appropriation acts or temporary appropriations. In 1980 and 1981, however, Attorney General Benjamin Civiletti issued two opinions that more strictly interpreted the Anti-Deficiency Act in the context of a funding gap along with its exceptions. The opinion stated that with some exception... The head of an agency could avoid violating the act only by suspending the agency's operations until the enactment of an appropriation. In the absence of appropriations, exemptions would be allowed only when there is such or some reasonable and articulable connection between the functions to be performed and the safety of human life or the protection of property. Like I said, which means like while 
police, fire, government agencies that involve like our personal safety, like TSA and all of that are involved. However, even after the civility opinions, not all funding gaps led to shutdowns. Of the nine funding gaps between 1980 and 1990, only four led to furloughs. Now, I know you're thinking, what is a furlough? Because you've heard a lot, especially in recent news. Now, a furlough, it comes from the Dutch uh, word verlof, which means a leave of absence. It's a temporary leave of employees due to the special needs of a company, which may be due to economic conditions of the specific employer or in the economy as a whole. These involuntary furloughs may be shorter long-term, and many of those affected may seek other temporary employment during that time. Now, from a federal government standpoint, in the United States, involuntary furloughs concerning federal government employees may be of a sudden and immediate nature. Such was the case in February 2010 when a single Senate objection prevented emergency funding measures from being implemented. As a result, 2,000 federal workers for the Department of Transportation were immediately furloughed as of March 1, 2010. The second longest such shutdown was December 16, 1995 to January 6, 1996, which affected all non-essential employees, shutting down many services including the National Institute of Health, Visa and Passport Processing, Parks, and many others. This happened again on October 1, 2013 and on January 19, 2018. The United States Congress failed to pass a reauthorization of funding for the Federal Aviation Administration and as a result furloughed about 4,000 workers at midnight on July 22, 2011. So that's kind of it for uh, furlough. Um, it also kind of happens in schools and in private sectors. So um, board members of various school districts as well as universities implemented furlough days in 2009. This made students pay the same rate, if not more, for their education while providing fewer educational days by forcing educators and staff members to take the days off. In, such, in states such as Georgia, the Board of Regents of the University System of Georgia included a clause so that mandatory furlough days are implemented but no classes are lost during the 2009-2010 academic year. In California, the State Employee Trades Council voted to implement a mandatory two-day per month furlough policy for the staff and faculty of the CSU system. The furloughs intended to prevent layoffs began in August 2009 and in June of 2010. The 10% cut saved about $270 million of the CSU's $564 million budget deficit. Whew, and I thought Illinois was bad. Um, in the private sector, during the global recession of 2009, companies such as Intel, Toyota, and uh, Gannett implemented furloughs. And then in the federal government shutdown of 2013, federal contractors such as Lockheed Martin and United Technologies considered furloughing their own employees. Um, the term furlough is an employment. Um, the term furlough and employment can also refer to annual leave, long-term leave, time off based on a company plan schedule, for example, um, with a work. Um, with a work three weeks off one week schedule, a company's workforce is divided into four groups. Each group in turn takes a week off on furlough while the remainder work. It can also refer to vacation from missionary work, military leave, or in the case of convicts, parole, probation, conjugal visit, or work release. So there you go. That's kind of furlough in a nutshell. Kind of a big nutshell, but still. Now, here's kind of a little bit more about the effects of a government shutdown. Now, while government shutdowns prior to 1995 to the 1996 shutdown had very mild effects, a full federal government shutdown caused a large number of civilian federal employees to be furloughed. During government shutdown, furloughed government employees are prohibited from an, even checking their email from home. To enforce this probation, many agencies require employees to return their government-issued electronics during the duration of the shutdown. Economic data shows that despite the inconvenience arised from a protracted government shutdown, such as the one in 2013, any GDP damage or failing job market confidence that results can be managed with relative ease. For example, despite seeing payment delayed to 1.3 million workers and 800,000 employees 
locked out. Confidence in the job market recovered within a month of the 2013 shutdown, and GDP growth slowed only 0.1 to 0.2%. Still, the loss of GDP from a shutdown is bigger sum than it would cost to keep the government open. So there's that. However, the complete effects of a shutdown are often clouded by missing data that cannot be collected while specific government offices are closed. Obviously, if these agencies aren't operating, the data cannot be compiled. So that makes sense. Additionally, uh, some effects of the shutdown are difficult to directly measure and are though thought to cause residual impacts in the months following a shutdown. Some examples include destroyed scientific studies, lack of investment, and deferred maintenance cost. The exact details of which government functions stopped during a shutdown is determined by the Office of Management and Budget. Emergency personnel continue to be employed, including the active duty, military, federal law enforcement agents, doctors and nurses in federal hospitals, and air traffic controllers. For the Department of Defense, at least half of the civilian workforce and the full-time dual-status military technicians in the U.S. National Guard and traditional guardsmen are furloughed and not paid while the shutdown is in effect. Members of Congress continue to be paid because their pay cannot be altered except by direct law. Mail delivery is not affected as it is self-funded and the funds are not appropriated by Congress. Programs that are funded by laws other than annual appropriation acts like Social Security may also be affected by a funding gap if program execution relies on activities that receive annually appropriated funding. Shutdowns in the past have also affected the Washington, D.C. municipal government, closing schools and suspending utilities such as garbage collection. And that's actually one thing I didn't know. Because a lot of people, when they really think of Washington, D.C., they don't think that there's actually a city there that runs. It has a mayor. And I just think that still sucks to be the mayor of D.C., knowing that you're not the most powerful person, even like a two-block radius of where you live. So... That's kind of unfortunate, but I didn't realize that they're affected as well. But like I said, um, things that aren't affected, like, one thing everyone you see on Facebook is saying, like, why is Congress getting paid during the shutdown? They should be, they shouldn't get their outrageous payments, and why it's been big news that certain congressmen, especially the ones that were just sworn in at the beginning of this month, are choosing to forego pay for the duration, or return payment, or donate their salary to um, people that have been furloughed. So, and the same thing, like, why Social Security uh, payments aren't affected, and the mail system and all that aren't affected as well. So, like I said, there's been quite a few since 1980. And I could go through all of it. I'm, they're not all that long. I'll just run through it really quick here just to see. So, um, like this being in 1980, um, on May 1st, 1980, the Federal Trade Commission was shut down for one day after Congress failed to pass an appropriations bill for the agency. It occurred just after the insurance of civilities' opinion on April 25th. This was the first time a federal agency shut down due to a budget dispute. Federal marshals were deployed to some FTC facilities to enforce the shutdown. Six hundred workers were furloughed and the shutdown cost $700,000. That was just one day. One day, $700,000. That's... Crazy. And that was under the Carter administration. Then there were three under the Reagan administration. So in 1981, 84, and 86, thousands of federal employees were furloughed for a period of half a day to one day due to, the, due to Ronald Reagan, the U.S. president at the time, opposing bills that went against what he required. The first shutdown during his term in office was on November 23, 1981, in which 241,000 federal employees were furloughed for one day. The shutdown occurred because Ronald Reagan vetoed a spending bill that contained a smaller set of spending cuts than he had proposed. The shutdown was estimated to cost the taxpayers $80-90 million in back pay and other expenses. The note all government departments were shut down during the funding gap. 
The second shutdown occurred on October 4th, 1984, in which 500,000 federal employees were furloughed for one afternoon. Really, one afternoon, that seems ridiculous. The shutdown was due to Reagan's opposition to the inclusion of water project packages and a civil rights measure within the spending bill, forcing Congress to remove these the following day while receiving a compromise through the inclusion for funding of the Nicaraguan Contras. The shutdown only covered nine of the 13 appropriations bills that had been passed, that had not been passed up to that point. Do I have everybody's attention now? But one more thing I want to say, we did get an interesting health update on one Roman Reigns. Where do we get this update? From Y2J himself, Chris Jericho. Jericho did an interview recently and was talk and just briefly touched on Roman Reigns. As the train of our existence shows up, it did not show up during Journey into Comics this week, so of course it has to show up during Journey into Wrestling. So, uh, Y2J talking about Reigns' progress, saying he's doing his treatment, and I think that things are going really well. I don't know much about leukemia. I don't know what the end game is as far as when you're, quote, cured. When it goes into remission, when you can do physical matches or travel or whatever it is. But we talk to him quite a bit. I've got a group text with him in it, and I text him on the side quite a bit. He always seems to be doing pretty well and is in good spirits. We love him, and I think it's just a matter of time before he comes back. More importantly, that he stays healthy for his family for sure. So, uh, Roman, you know, like I said, maybe the biggest story of 2018 was the Roman Reigns uh leukemia story relinquishing the universal title and then now here we are again you could not have ever predicted that when they wanted maybe a roman reigns lesnar three match or something that was not going to happen at the wrestlemania this year because uh, other plans so chris jericho huh what's he been doing lately i wonder well, see, here's the thing, folks. A couple weeks ago, I covered the fact that there had been teases and possibilities, and I think we had just found out um, the night before, actually, officially, that there was something called All Elite Wrestling coming. And then there was announced there was going to be a press conference. The full press conference was awesome. I watched it. It started with um, you had uh, SoCal Uncensored say that they've officially signed. Cody Rhodes came out and said that uh, the wins and losses for their shows will hold higher value than ever before, meaning that they're going to not necessarily make everything as fixed or something, or maybe they'll put it in a way where it's more interesting. Who knows? They did not fully elaborate. Um, They're also going to be working, All Elite Wrestling, with the Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, which is out of China. They also also announced that Double or Nothing is going to be taking place at MGM Grand in Las Vegas on May 25th. This is not all in two. This is Double or Nothing. It's a different event at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Uh, Brandy Rhodes has officially been announced as the chief brand officer and also um, is saying that the women's division, there will be equal pay between male and female performers. Also saying that she was uh, instrumental in ensuring the first female signee and the first official signee of AEW, Britt Baker. Dr. Britt Baker. Actually a doctor. Um, you had... Uh, what's his name? MJF. I can't think of it. He He's an asshole. Michael something. Uh, Michael something Frank, right? 
he came out and was like being shitty to everybody, and then bad boy Joey Janela shows up. So Janela's there, MJF is there, more signees. Penelope Ford is also being signed to AEW. Adam Page comes out and cuts an intense promo saying that he wants to be All Elite Wrestling's first, essentially, world champion. And out comes former WWE superstar Neville, now known as his former name before he was in the WWE as Pac. So possibly Pac v. Adam Page for the first All Elite Wrestling title. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what Double or Nothing holds. But we're we're about five months out from All Elite Wrestling's first official pay-per-view Double or Nothing. Or pay-per-view event or whatever you want to call it. And they also announced that after Double or Nothing takes place, there will be another AEW, AEW event taking place in Jacksonville. And saying that a portion of the funds from that event that happens in Jacksonville will go to victims of gun violence. So they close the rally. The rally's over. Conrad Thompson says he's cool. And then you start hearing this music. And I'm like, <clears throat> I'm not sure who this music is. I couldn't really make it out because people were cheering and it was really loud. And then, boom, out of fucking nowhere comes Chris Jericho saying, I'm Chris Jericho and I'm all in with all elite wrestling. Surprise! Got a lot of Jericho talk. That's the whole, the whole thing here. So... Uh, Jericho signing with Tony Khan and All Elite Wrestling. Tony Khan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Here's what Jericho said at the event. I'm here with AEW, and I am not here for the money. I already got the money. I'm here because I believe in doing something different. I believe in doing something new. It's what I've always done with my career. I am a maverick. I am an outlaw. I am a pariah. I am Chris Jericho, baby. And it all starts today. So Jericho kind of set the community on fire because moments after this announcement got made, like within an hour or two, because I think this happened on a Tuesday, and that's right before it was right before SmackDown. So before SmackDown's video package, Jericho's video footage that was on that video package had been pulled. He's not a part of the highlight that leads into the show. So, Tony Khan writes this, The wrestling community is a constant. Its members are diverse. We are physically located on all corners of the planet, and yet we are constantly... Yet we are constantly connected. Recently, a new family has formed bonded by love and respect for wrestling, but armed with a vision and resources that have never before been available to the wrestling community. Our objective is to connect our community closer than ever before through All Elite Wrestling or AEW. AEW does not mean any less of a continued commitment to existing obligations and duties I have or my family has to this business and sports interests. That will never be the case. What's important is that every individual decision we make as a family, whether it's ownership or investment in a team opportunity or property, is 100% beneficial to those specific interests. I will always welcome that accountability and responsibility as nothing is more important than serving our supporters and friends. So, I'm telling you, AEW setting it on fire now. We don't have any official matches for uh, Double or Nothing. I do want to mention that the arena has, the MGM has a capacity for 17,000. So if they were to sell that out, that's about almost double the sellout of the Sears Center in Chicago last September during All Elite, uh, or during All In, sorry. Uh, but of course, this has even bigger names attached to it. Adam Page saying he wants to be the champ. Pac, Penelope Ford, MJF, Brett Baker, Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, the Young Bucks, 
Cody Rhodes himself, Brandy Rhodes. Now, I will mention, very important to mention, that Double or Nothing is in May. Seems like a really far away away for them to be announcing this way back in January, right? Well, here's some things that I want to give you guys a little, little cut in on. One thing to note, Marty Skrull and Mr. Uh, What's-His-Face. Mr. Oh, God damn it. Marty Skrull and Kenny Omega. Don't know why that spaced. So, um, Marty Skrull and Kenny Omega's contracts are coming up in April. And until then, or actually, I think, I feel like Kenny's in, is in February and Marty's is in April. So they just wanted to ensure that the full cast of All Elite can actually be together. So you got to kind of play the game. You got to kind of play it out. Take the time. And, uh, yeah, I think that this is uh, all good indie hood. I think that All Elite Wrestling has something, I don't know how to say it, special, different, original, fresh, new, clever, captivating, all the things you can think of to say about something Listen, WCW was a cash cow, right? WCW was a rich guy, Ted Turner, saying, I can take on the WWF, and I'll just outsource all my talent by outbuying them. And I'll buy everybody, and I'll give massive contracts. Everybody will want to come here, and that'll make us great. For a bit, it, it did. For a bit, it did. It set the wrestling world on fire. This is different. These are wrestlers who have been scorned. These are wrestlers who have been on the road in the indies, working their asses off night in and night out, week in and week out, year in and year out, trying to do the right thing. You've had guys who have been in the WWE and decided, I didn't like it. I don't want to be there anymore. Cody Rhodes is the main example there. All these things considered, also Pac, another great example there. All these things considered, though, these guys want it. And they don't just want it. They want it to be the best. They don't just love professional wrestling. They love what it means to us. They remember being fans because they, too, are still fans. This is going to set the whole wrestling world ablaze because now you have an interesting thing. Right now, as we sit here, there are professional wrestlers all across the globe thinking, what do I do to get there? How do I go to All Elite? What is it going to take? And do I need to sacrifice, say, my contract with the WWE to do so. There are guys over there that would fit so well with All Elite Wrestling that are getting drowned out. I'm looking at you, Gallows Anderson, who should be fucking 20-time tag team champions at this point. Looking at you, uh, Daniel Bryan, who up and until this point, I would have said, has been underutilized or not utilized at all. Of course, he's champ, so I can't really, really say that. You know, you've got people all over that are going to clamor and need to come to All Elite Wrestling. It's going to bring the best talent because the best talent wants to be there. Not that we're going to get rich going there, and that's the only thing. It's the passion of it all. Speaking of passionate people who loved wrestling, who were scorned by wrestling, who maybe uh, have been on the outs for wrestling. Here's the rumor. Late breaking scoop. I'm going to put it here. As I say this, I'm just going to say the timestamp so the world knows that it's January 15th, 1 o'clock p.m. as I record this. So this is a day before you guys are actually listening to this. And actually only like 11 hours before some of you are listening to this as it drops at midnight. So 
all those things considered, okay, what is a name that has been scorned from wrestling who could have made legendary wrestling, who could at any point set the wrestling world on fire with their return? I genuinely believe that right now behind the scenes there are phone calls being made with CM Punk, and I do believe there is a strong possibility with him not doing wrestling, with him not doing fighting anymore, because he's become kind of an announcer doing fighting. He's gonna need to get back to what he really loves, and he loves performing. And performing doesn't mean getting your ass kicked in professional UFC matches. Performing is wowing crowds. And an older, wiser, meaner CM Punk in all elite wrestling with the likes of Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Chris Jericho, Pac, Hangman Page, Joey Janela, Christopher Daniel, Scorpio Sky. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, MJF, those names, they just, you guys, CM Punk would thrive there and it would take down the status quo of the WWE. If Vince is not worried, and I want to mention this, he should be. And I don't mean that as like some sort of weird threat. I don't know anything behind the scenes. I'm just a guy that reports this shit. But the fact is, look at it for what it is. They, the elite, did all in, kicked tons of ass, sold the place out in 30 minutes, could have sold more tickets if there was more tickets to sell, okay? This thing is going to blow up. You watch. And why do I say that? Well, I think that another thing that's happening, and we've actually heard some conjecture, is that there are two companies right now essentially in a power struggle over who is going to get the rights to do the television programming for the all elite wrestling now interesting to note that if this happens a lot of weird shit's going to start happening you're going to have uh more pro wrestling to watch on american television than you've ever had before even 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 more and you're not going to need the network necessarily because tbs slash tnt we know they have some history with professional wrestling or paramount pictures formerly known as spike tv also having some history with professional wrestling, are vying for the opportunity to do it. So, they want these television contracts. They want All Elite Wrestling on their programming because it's going to be fire. And then, if you get that kind of a deal, let me just say, if TNT, Ted Turner and TNT, work with Tony Khan and All Elite Wrestling, a company that doesn't need Ted Turner's money to be successful, but would benefit in the production value and the ability to go to the next level. Man, look out, Vince. I can't say it enough. It is a beautiful and interesting time. WWE is going to have to step up yet again. And this is, listen, it's weird because all elite wrestling is going to make wrestling great again. It's true. We're going to fuck the sodomites in the... So uh, I was, uh, you know, after uh, the, what was it, Band One? Yeah. That concert? Band number one. Band, Band number, number one. one. Yeah, that, that night I uh, tried something new. 
You put a football in your butt. Close. Okay. No, I want you to take a real guess. Like, what would you think I would do that would be new? Would I... Knowing the amount of time that you and I have spent together, would I think about this regularly? Uh, no. Is this something that I told you to do? No. Okay. Actually, I don't even know if you'd approve it or, of it or not. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I told you the other day. Well, you probably did, but I don't remember. No. Well, uh, um, that... <laughs> I don't know, I gotta guess. You asked me to guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm so used to people being like, oh, I can't guess. You had sex with a condom. I, I've i only had sex without a condom, like, with two girls. Yeah, and I shit on you both times. <laughs> yeah. No no actual fecal matter has been on my dick. Just saying. Can't confirm that. <sighs> if you were in the bee, you had the, the fucking dirty bird on your bee. <laughs> <laughs> one of those girls that wops from back to front. <laughs> um, have any more? You want any hints? No. I, yeah, sure. Give me a hint. Um, it's uh, is it sexual? No. Is it financial? No. Is it something an adult would do? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Is it something that I would reasonably disapprove of? I don't know. Did you I don't put know. a thumb in your butt? No. Just tell me, for the love of God. I took mushrooms. Okay. And uh, it was a really good experience, but the only thing I can't... The, only, the best thing I could say from it is if anyone watching ever does mushrooms, if you don't feel it, do not eat more. That is the <laughs> lesson I learned. For, okay. From this. Did you masturbate during yeah. that time? No, I didn't. I actually had. I felt like I did have a life changing moment throughout that experience, but you I. You bathed in a jizz fountain. I. No, I did absolutely. <laughs> a jizz jacuzzi. The best Ooh. way I could describe <laughs> it is like I had my. I had my deck of cards completely like shuffled. Like, okay. I I did I ended up doing a lot and I completely lost my mind and I went through it alone well partially alone because I started at my friend's house but my friend we were having like a little get together and uh, that was a nasty barp I I'm thought, sorry I thought barp. it was a barp <laughs> it was a barp <laughs> having a get together with a Barping. few friends and uh, I decided to uh, take take some because uh, it was a good, yeah, partake of the fruit of the earth. But, um, yeah, my some of my friends were also drinking. And one of my friends, the one whose house I was at, he, uh, he started having a, uh, like, a panic attack on me. And uh, that set me up to be in a bad place. And uh, after he got calmed down, I made the rational decision to have someone come pick me up and take me home the problem was when i got home everyone was asleep so i had free reign of the house by myself like a velociraptor at yeah at that point like i was pretty i was pretty fried i was ate up in the head like i i got in immediately like walked to the kitchen by the i took like 
probably 10 steps, and then I'm like, yep, I can't walk anymore. And I sat down. You crawled around the house like a caterpillar. Most of the time. Yeah, there is a few <laughs> times where I relearned how to walk, but most of the time it was... I'm uh, getting visions of the, the, the Eric Carl book. It's weird because, it's like... It's just your head pasted over the caterpillar. I don't... <laughs> I don't... It's not what you think. Like, I broke uh, I've never... I expected, like, seeing, like, a lot crazier shit than I did, but it just felt like I was seeing everything in super ultra KHD or something stupid like that. Okay. But it, have you ever Have you ever read about the stoned ape theory? Yeah, how uh, humanity came from eating mushrooms. Like, shamans would take it, and they're like, holy shit, I'm me. Well, not just that, <laughs> but... Um, they would see God and shit. One, no. No? Uh, the stoned ape theory is... So you hear if, from, about this from Joe Rogan? Well, that's that was one of the places that I've heard about it, but mm-hmm. I've actually read about it. Um, so the three of us are in a tribe of hunter gatherers, mm-hmm. and we we go out and we're hunting buffaloes or whatever, you know, large herbivores, mm-hmm. and we go to kill one, and oh, a fucking saber toothed tiger! No, we're scared. Blaine gets mauled to death by a saber toothed tiger. We Thanks. Wa- we watch it happen. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. that does massive. Watching someone else die, our brain is not really. It's made. not okay with that. It's not okay with that because then it, like, subconsciously, it's like, oh fuck, you can die too. Hey man, that can happen to you, and then it compounds eventually into what we're really honing in on now is PTSD. You know, post traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. There is direct correlation between psilocybin mushrooms and PTSD where it actually rewires your brain. So you have a fear response from, say, that saber-toothed tiger. You partake in psilocybin mushrooms, the psychedelics, Mm -hmm. and it actually rewires your brain so you're no longer afraid of that. It completely removes your fear response. So that is the fear response is a totally learned behavior. The psilocybin says, "Nope, you don't. You're not afraid of that anymore." And then you conquer the fear, and then you don't have PTSD anymore. That's why the that's not necessarily why, but the FDA is really honing in or really keying in on the fact that psilocybin mushrooms would actually have a profound benefit to humanity because of what it can do for mental health. Yeah. So people that are schizophrenic. So I'm obviously cliff noting this, but there's a finite amount of the population on the earth right now that is predisposed to schizophrenia. Every human being like has a small percentage of just manifesting into schizophrenia. Some people are born with it. Some people manifest later in life. There are certain things that have to, certain parameters that have to be met for your, for you, for your psyche to be schizophrenic. Um, so that's why people who are like 40 years old and all of a sudden they're schizophrenic and they say, well, you've been schizophrenic your whole life. It just hasn't manifested. Well, psilocybin mushrooms can have a negative effect where it actually makes that happen to you. But the pop, the amount of the population that are predisposed for that is extremely extremely acute like it is so fucking small but the benefits are of having something that can rewire your brain 
completely remove learned behaviors. Mm-hmm. So stuff as simple as if you go to a re- if you if we went to McDonald's right now and every one of us got a sandwich but no French fries and just water, you are more likely to eat just the sandwich and drink the water than you would be to eat the sandwich, take one bite of a French fry, eat another sandwich, and drink a Coke. The learned behavior is, I have this sandwich, I have now this extremely salty thing which makes me more hungry, so I'm, I'm not full, I need to keep eating. Psilocybin mushrooms can say, nope, that's not how it is. To your brain, infinitely. So, it's actually cool to see the FDA being in, like, yeah. like, my fucking radar dish is up because this might actually help us fucking continue to evolve. Because mm-hmm. the stone ape theory is, well, we were kind of stuck. We found psilocybin mushrooms. Our brains evolved, so then our physical bodies evolved after that. And now here we are today. That's what it's all about because, like, we're not, we're not like gorillas. We can't just, we can't just like take someone's head and rip it off. Like, we have to be smarter than everything around us to survive. Well, including, including like our, ourselves. Like, like the shit we're doing to our planet, or not even necessarily that, but just like our local area. Like, like all these chemicals we put in fields and shit. We need to. I don't know. Maybe get some people fucked up so they can maybe think of better ways to uh, do shit in the long run. Here's the negative, though. The more people you expose to psilocybin, the amount of people that have early onset schizophrenia Schizophrenia. and stuff like that goes up exponentially because then everybody is basically inoculated with psilocybin mushrooms. But what people don't realize is if you look at any major ecosystem in the world, you have animals, you have plants, and you have fungus. Okay? The fungus is... They have characteristics of both. Well, yeah, but the fungus are directly tied to everything. Life on Earth could not exist without fungus. Fungus can exist by itself. Yeah. It doesn't need people. We have fungus on us right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever form it may be. Fungus... If you... I can't remember the guy's name, but he's a fungus scientist. Super fucking smart dude. He was on an episode of Rogan. I think I know who you're talking about. I'll look it up. Really, really jived with all the stuff that he was saying. Does he have a beard? Yeah. And he wore like a beret type hat. Or like a scally hat like Joe tries to wear. (laughs) Except he looks not dumb like Joe. But, um, yeah, like fungus is fucking cool. It's amazing, like, how little we, like, we as just regular people in society know about it, because... Are you talking about uh, Paul Stamets? Yes. Yeah. Paul Stamets. Yeah, look up Paul Stamets if you're interested in psilocybin mushrooms or just cool fungus shit. Yeah. Like... I'll have to check that episode of Rogan out. That guy, that guy fucking knows, man. And he he strongly disputes the, the stoned ape theory, but... He, what's what's his name? Uh, John Paul Stamets. Paul Stamets. Stamets. S T A M M O T S. Right. Yeah. Let me open it back up. Yeah. S T A M E T S. Yeah, and this guy like travels the world just 
studying mushrooms his whole life, and he, uh, he's talking about how he's taking them at such a young age, and he, he wasn't just doing it to get high, he's doing it, well, he's doing it to get high too, but he's doing it to, like, actually see, like, the effect it would have on himself. Mm-hmm. But, back to, uh... Yeah, I didn't mean to hijack your story. Oh, it's fine. Oh, we don't even need to keep talking about it, but, like, basically, I, I did lose, I, it was a good kind of like lost my mind but like kind of like what you're describing i mean i didn't have anything to feel less afraid of um but it alter it it physically alters your brain chemistry mm-hmm. it does i do feel like i came out of it a bit different cool but a good friend of mine did them and it totally did the opposite it fucked his life up did it really mm-hmm. well, i'm sorry for that it totally it totally ruined his brain mm-hmm. but that's the risk you take you know, but yeah, the one thing, one bad thing that did happen is I, uh, I ended up smashing one of my laptops. Why did you smash a laptop? Well, at one point, like, cause like you all you tried your se- to put it in your ass and it just all your buckled. senses are really heightened, right? <laughs> so at one point, I, uh, I was in uh, our kitchen, and uh, I was playing with pots and pans, mm-hmm. cause. Okay. Uh, I was at, like, the eye level with the bottom shelves and stuff, so I was messing with shit in there. Okay. Losing my mind, talking to myself, laughing, having a good time by myself. And, uh, tapping these pans, like, it would be so loud just tapping them. So I thought, I came to the reasonable conclusion that I was, like, a god of thunder or something. Okay. <laughs> and I, uh, I also ended up marrying that frying pan. Okay. And, uh... Later on in the night, like, I'm skipping over a lot of stuff, I did become, I did decide, like, if I'm going to be a, a uh, Thunder God, I'm basically going to be, like, like, the Earth is, like, my home and stuff. I'm like, I need to sacrifice something to the Earth. Okay. <laughs> so I went outside. Uh, and, and you shoved an earthworm in your ass. <laughs> yes. What's okay. with you and asses today? Uh, AJ wanted to talk about butt stuff on the show. We talk about butt stuff later. <laughs> You're right, but, he did. I sent you that video, by the way. Uh, I'm I'm currently downloaded in the podcast. But, uh... Thank you, though. Oh, I lost my track. Oh. Yeah, I did go outside, and I, like, I dug a hole with, in the dirt with, like, my bare hands. And then I also went back inside. I'm like, oh, I need to find something to sacrifice now. I'm like... And it, it had to be something, like, made by humans to keep us away from the Earth. So I'm like, a laptop. And I took my laptop, I took it upstairs, and I was just beat it into this hole that I dug in the ground. And it was making me mad, because I, at the time, I thought I was super fucking strong. And I was just <laughs> mad that my computer just didn't absolutely just explode everywhere upon the first impact. So I got pissed and threw it at our uh, little uh, fire pit <laughs> so hard that it knocked a brick over, and it... It really broke that laptop. But it was a used laptop, so it's not that big of a loss. It was only, like, like only $180, which is still a lot, but, well, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good experience. You're listening to the Voice of Survival Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your host... Nate Phillips.
I don't know. Does your sister play music at all? She's really into it, okay. but she doesn't play anything. Okay. Uh, does she? She played saxophone like in sixth grade or seventh grade, uh, okay. but that's about the extent of it. Okay, well, so that's interesting to note. So she's just a little bit older than you. Does her decision to be into music like she is inspire you as a younger kid? She got me into some music when I was really little. I don't know how she got a hold of it when she was like seven, but or maybe eight. I was six. She got a copy of Dookie on cassette when I was six, Ooh, and I took it. And I'm like, oh, and it changed my life. Really? So that's the first album that sets you on the course for pop punk, essentially. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, for those of you who didn't listen last season, Chris, your bandmate Chris yes. Plant, and also Crucial Tunes co-host, um, you guys are in the pop punk band Get By. Yes, and. Uh, I also want to mention that at some point, maybe at the end of the show, if you want, we can play one of the new songs at the end. Cool. We'll put it at the, that way people can hear you guys because sure. it's awesome. But uh, So pop punk really gets you right out the gate. I mean, you didn't really have a chance. No. It just kind of happened. And that was the first thing that takes hold. So Dookie at six years old, what's the next? I mean, six is pretty young to be listening. I probably to- shouldn't have been listening to that record when I was six because, I mean, there's it talks about like doing heavy drugs and jerking off and... Tons of other crazy shit that a six-year-old probably doesn't understand, but something about it. The music got you. It didn't matter what the words were, because you could really weren't understanding. True. Well, when they said, like, fuck in a song, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yes. They cursed. I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, was there, I guess, did Green Day become, like, an obsession as a younger kid then? You get Dookie. Um, I know that's pretty early in their discography, so there wasn't sure. a ton to grab from. I feel there like- was two records prior mm-hmm. that I got from the library around the same time. That's loved, awesome. Loved both of those two. Okay. So those so those are the three. What, at what point do you start to make the conscious decision that you like how music feels when you do it? And I don't mean when you just listen to it, but like you started to probably sing along to these songs oh, sure. or try to drum out the melodies or air guitar. All or the time. Um, I remember being eight and like playing Insomniac, their next album, in my room with like a cardboard tube and pretending it was a guitar every day that's awesome and i'm like i'm gonna do this this fucking rules okay so then where does the decision to was guitar your first instrument or yep. is, the, is that, that so that's like direct path yep green day green day green day green day guitar player there was like other bands in between when i was like 10 i got really into like epitaph stuff like bad religion and rancid and okay. stuff like that bouncing souls and shit so again staying very true to punk you are like at heart simple melodic punk rock is my thing bread and butter absolutely uh so you're you know you're 10 and you're listening to these other songs you're starting to get into bad religion and that's a whole discography of like oh, holy sure. fuck you know i mean one of the honestly one of the best shows i've ever seen live was bad religion oh, yeah. so i'm at riot fest in uh, 2016 mm-hmm. Whoa! Um, Incredible. But uh, when did you, how did you, I guess, when's the the conscious effort to like say, hey, mom, dad, guys, hey, I want to play guitar. Like, let's um, make this happen. For my 12th, oh, it was Christmas, not a birthday. Uh, Christmas, maybe when I was 12 or so, um, my dad bought me a BMX bike and uh Fuck that guy. So I sold it to my neighbor and bought a guitar. Awesome. Okay, so you said, I don't need this bike. I need something that's going to suit me for what I really want and and drive me to... So that's really cool because you essentially made the conscious effort to make your passion 
the first thought in your mind. A lot of kids at 12 sure. get given a BMX bike. Are like, oh, fuck. And like cycling is a huge, huge passion of mine. But at the time, I just wanted the guitar and wanted to play Blink songs. And so I made it happen. Excellent. So what was the guitar? I got I to gotta know. It was the, like the Squire Strat pack with the little amp. Everyone's first guitar. Hell yeah. Got it. What, baby blue? Dark blue. Dark blue. Nice. I wanted baby blue because that's what Tom DeLong played, but yeah. they didn't make it. So I'm like, well, this is still blue. I'll get that. Good enough. Good enough. It's funny. I started on Blink as well as a bass player. It was the sure. first, uh, first full album I learned cover to cover was Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. It was like totally inspirational to me. So That's Blink's best album in my opinion, by the way. I agree. I do. Not agree. a lot of people think that. I do. And I definitely do. It's also in in a lot of ways totally underrated too and gets yes. and gets overshadowed. But um so you get the guitar, how long before you start thinking bigger picture cuz a lot of kids I I was one of those 14-year-old kids that got a bass. I was just obsessed with playing along to the music and that mm-hmm. did it for me. There was a rush of knowing, "Hey, you can play this song." I remember sitting in my room when I was 12 or 13 playing along to Famous Monsters. I learned it front to back. And I'm like, I want my friends to do this with me. So one of my really good friends at the time for Christmas, his parents got him the Squire P-Bass pack. Awesome. And we started learning MXPX and Atari songs in my basement. And uh, it all grew from there. Wow, that's actually interesting. The Ataris is one of the bands you just listed. Oh, I got really into Ataris when I was like 11. So, so when I was playing with them, I was like, oh. Well, and it's only one guy really now who's actually the Ataris. Right? St- yeah. yeah. I'm still like, well... It's still the it's still cool. It's yeah. the Atari's kind of. Uh, I mean, who for they did that? What was that the Boys of Summer cover? Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's an amazing cover! It better than the original. It is, and I like um, like some like my older relatives, like my grandpa and shit, heard, like heard that cover and they're like, "This is better than the actual song." It, like, I feel like the original was Don Henley, maybe. Yes. Yeah. So that's a good song, but yeah, and then like the lead singer of Atari's wasn't he also in a he was the kid in blank check the guitar player was the kid oh, in blank the check that story player. rules because me and chris were at the big shot show and like we're at the bar and he goes dude look and i'm like what that's a guy with glasses and a neck tattoo i don't give a shit who that is he's like he's in the Atari's. and i'm like cool so are a couple other guys here he goes no but look who it is like, elaborate what the fuck you mean just tell me man he goes oh that's the kid from blank check and i'm like no it's not so i look it up and i'm like oh. so i go up to him I'm like hey man he's like yeah it's me. And I'm like, all right. And he wasn't into talking about it. Really? No. And I dedicated one of our songs to Mr. McIntosh during the set, and I don't think he thought it was funny. Oh. I asked him uh, if Henry drove their tour van, and he didn't think that was funny either. Weird. Maybe it's like some sort of, like, as a child actor, maybe there's some, like, dark uh, history well, behind child him. actors kind of turn out to be real fucked up, so. And yeah. I know he, like, went to jail and was willing to heavy drugs and shit so i don't know maybe he's just trying to steer clear of it all to go back to that atari's night i do feel like those guys definitely felt like they were like a cut above everyone else yeah, and i'm like your heyday was a long time ago guys get over it <laughs> you're playing big shots in valpo let's be real this is that's that was know. a place for washed up big acts like puddle of mud played there did they really yeah i didn't know that that's crazy <laughs> that actually just blew my fucking mind oh man so you're 14 and playing music with your buddy who has a P bass. Just mm-hmm. you guys. Uh, um, and another one of our friends that we went to church with. I was a big church kid when I was okay. a kid, which we'll probably cover at some point. Sure, Real sure. Strange time. Totally. Um, we also got him really into like MXPX and all that kind of shit. So we started, and he played drums. So we'd start playing MXPX covers. Man, and classic three piece. 
three piece dudes playing punk rock in a basement when we were kids. It was like the punk rock American dream. Was that your first band? You would say? Oh yeah, definitely. And did that band ever go beyond just playing together? We played. All, we were in that particular band for probably a year and a half, two years. We recorded an EP. Um, wow, so you were almost sixteen by the time you recorded an EP. I was this, 15, fifteen. I think it's okay. fucking bad. I okay, have it. Hey, I um, have a. I was sixteen when I cut my first album. It's not good. It's like, and like I listen to it now, and I'm like, you know, cut yourself some slack. Like you were sixteen, but like, no, it's bad. <laughs> you know, I think maybe I don't know about you, but when I think about the quality of a musician at sixteen year old years old, like you said, cut yourself some slack. But then I think of uh, Clarity by Jimmy Eat World, right? And I'm like, they were 16. That's like one of the greatest albums of all time. Exactly. Like, let's be real right now. Like, so table fuck for the slack. You were in a shitty band. Yeah, you were just not. You just didn't know what you were doing. It's it's totally true. Uh, but it's okay. Did you guys do any live shows or anything? Tons. Okay, cool. Um, we played a whole bunch of shows. Um, we had probably a total of eight of our own songs. We played a whole bunch of covers. We played like probably 20 MXPX covers, a couple Green Day covers, Alistair. Um, what else did we cover? Shit like that. Yeah, Stuff that totally. was cool then. But ultimately, you get that big-ass rush. Oh, yeah. And you record an EP. Now, I feel like you said we, we in a year and a half, we did a lot recording an EP, but I feel like there's a but, and then something happens. So what's the other side of this that changed? Um, our drummer at the time was like real artsy and weird. He's like, I don't <laughs> want to play punk rock. I'm too smart or whatever. Did he get into Tool or something? Like, he, what the fuck? Uh, he got into just like weird shit. I don't know. Um, okay. So he got into like heavier stuff. So then later, like probably six months down the road, the three of us decided to just like take a different route. And we added another buddy of ours to play guitar and started like this obnoxious, noisy, like screamo kind of band. Okay. And uh, I listened to those two EPs we put out. Now and I'm like I can't believe I wrote this shit when I was 16 or 17. This shit's kind of cool. You're impressed with yourself. I really was because like there was a lot of weird tempo t- changes and like time signature changes. And I'm like, why did, how did we think of this? When we you were, were naive and not thinking is the r- secret. R- I've right. learned that in retrospect. Really, instead of overthinking, you're not. You're just like we'd go into a part and didn't realize that the tempo changed drastically. And you're like, this is fucking cool. Yeah, Let's keep jamming. You it. listen to him like, oh, wow, that flows. It's nice. Like it was. A really cool shit to do, and now I'm, I'm gonna, out good. I'm gonna ask a little tangent of a question off that. You're really, you said you're genuinely impressed with this, the two EPs you released with your second band. What were the names of your first two bands? My by the way? first band was called Scribe. Okay, I like it. I think that's a cool. Uh, name. It's a 15 year old band name. It's sure. quite lame. Second band was called The Assignment. I like that as well. I, sure, The Assignment's cool. Like it was a lot. It was one of the more fun bands I've been in in my life. Still, sweet. So my question is with your second band, The Assignment. Have you ever considered going back, revisiting those songs, and maybe reworking them more for your own self-satisfaction now that you're a further along musician? Absolutely. Um, I only had our first EP for years. Uh, a friend of mine found our second EP in like a closet somewhere, because this was like pre-internet, so like it wasn't online. And he sent it to me, and I'm like, I haven't heard these songs in so long. Holy shit, these are great. This was probably five years ago. Okay. So I sent it to the rest of the dudes, and I'm like, guys, listen how awesome this is. And like, let's make another fucking record. I'm like, let's make another record. So we're all scattered over the country. Like, I was in Chicago at the time. Uh, one of the guys is in Baltimore. One of them's in Portland. I'm like, we can make it over the internet. Easy. Uh, we hyped it up with ourselves and planned it, and it, we just didn't do it. <laughs> happens. But, uh, it's, sometimes it's difficult to resurrect those kind oh, of things. It, it was definitely talked about heavily. just never happened, which is fine. 
it can always be revisited. It's not like something that's um, impossible to go back to, obviously. So you, you, you have that in your back pocket. So scribe the assignment, you're 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Then there's another seismic shift. You do something else. You jump. There's another band with some of those people after this. Um, so you guys maybe decided to change styles? or Our uh, drummer who got us to do like the artsy, weird, obnoxious, heavy shit went off to college. Okay. So me... The singer, who also played bass, and the guitar player started something new, and the singer switched over to playing piano. Um, we got a drummer and a bass player, um, just from like other bands that we knew from the scene and shit, just kind of threw them together. And it was more of a, like, something corporate, Copeland kind of thing. Okay. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, the recordings we did, like, we spent a decent amount of money on them. They turned out really, really good. Uh, I still am really proud of them, even though I was like 18. Okay. Um, that band was called Cutaway Blue. Super meaningless. Couldn't tell you. I don't know where it came from. Just some words together. It actually is super awesome. I don't know. Thank it, you. It, 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 it sticks in there, Cutaway Blue. But it was that was a really cool band to be in. I really, really liked it a lot. So all the while, through all three of these bands, you're gaining something that I think not every musician is... And you, you're going to hopefully understand where I'm coming from. But you're getting like um, these ultra memorable experiences. Absolutely. That are like experience points towards your looking to the bigger picture later in your life to where we're going to eventually get to now. But um, is there are there any moments in those first three journeys that you, the first three ventures of music that you did that are like almost Mount Rushmore moments you'll never forget playing at this place for some reason. Oh, yeah, reason. lots of them. Yeah, I mean, please share some um, of those with us. I, I would love to hear. I remember being in the assignment. It was probably 2005. We were playing with one of Chris's old bands and a couple of the other guys from Get By's old bands. Um, we were playing at the Knights of Columbus in Cedar Lake. And there was like 300 fucking people there. Whoa. And we're playing this song. I forget what song it was, but there's a middle part and there's like a bridge and there's kind of like a clap along chant kind of part and there's 300 kids clapping and chanting the words of the song and i'm 16 years old on top of the world i'm like how do you fucking know any of this this is the coolest thing that's ever happened that was neat it's like your words coming out of their mouths and then that's mm-hmm. the that's the energy that hooks people oh on yeah playing live is feeling the crowd give you back what you're giving them and mm-hmm. then to be able to almost feed that energy like amplified back to them absolutely so that is incredible. Knights of the Columbus is a big place. 300 oh, yeah. kids at it that was time. It packed in there. I mean, um, it has to be almost kind of like overwhelming at that point. It really was. Like, I'm 16, and how is this? What, what What are we doing? No idea how it happened. Because like, I, don't, I don't think we can put 300 kids in a room now. I think it's a different era, though. It I think really it's was. So... It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. <laughs> Let's dive in because I already, already, already drank. This is Southern Tears Cherry Cordial. Uh, I believe it's a double imperial. Mm. Mm. So and it smells just I've like got the a candy. Whole glass it does. Right here, or half a glass. Mm. Yeah, yeah I've got my, it. my least favorite candy to get on Christmas. Day. Oh my goodness! Really? What's mm. wrong with you? Mm. But hey, they did it. It tastes like just liquefied cherry cordial. Yeah, it's right. Or almost a chocolate covered cherry just smashed into a beer. Yeah. That's yes. exactly what I was tasting. Yeah. 
Maybe like a little bit of coffee-ish filter. Yeah. Definitely. I really, really like it. This is... I like it. We... Uh, I've only had Southern Tier a couple different times. The only one I remember being is that cinnamon roll one. So it's awesome that they go for the really weird beers and totally kill it. Yeah, this is good. The cinnamon roll one's great, too. Until you get to the bottom of a tap barrel and then mm. it tastes like fireball. Yeah. Mm. You can definitely taste the chocolate. Definitely taste the cherry. Goodness. This is a super special episode. I know I already said it once, but this is our one-year tap takeover anniversary down at the North End Pub. Uh, Casey, do you remember the first one we did? So, Ryan Geist? Geist. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. We're at about, what is it, a year and a couple months into Brews with Dudes? Yeah. So, I'll we're scooching right along. This is episode 65, I think. 65. 65. Getting old. We are getting old. Quick. Um, Nate told me today that our 66th episode is going to be the 666th episode on that they put on the journey to comics network oh this is gonna be good i was like we got to make that one super special then Uh, yeah you guys gotta do something yeah something wild and evil and just get wasted as fuck probably (laughs) yeah Uh, we can set a new record i think our record is eight beers in one episode i think we can go higher than that I think we I think we can be taken higher. I think someone needs to get a can of nitrous so everyone can talk with a demon voice. Can <laughs> you take me high? Right. That's what I was going for. Thank you. Very subtle Creed joke. Mm. Um, this is great. This was great. Was great. It's gone now. Yeah, mine was great. Yeah, we're, I about just dropped mine all the way the first time. It's it, too good it, not it to. It is great. I'm still drinking this, this glass. Oh. Can I get your empty? Nope. Typical you Ryan. Side beer. Side beer. Hey, I've got. I one need too. a side beer. What the fuck? Yeah, we've all, we've all, man, you're the only one without a side beer. <laughs> I'm fucking <laughs> slacking. Awful at this. All right. Well, the cherry cord. I blame Sam. She just looked at me and smiled and went take an order. <laughs> She's the best. She all is. right. <laughs> Next, we're gonna jump into Boulevard Brewing Company's Jam Band. This is a berry ale with blueberry, red raspberry, and cherry. Ooh, this sounds fantastic. It's a lot of berries. Well, I yeah, hope that it was being. A they'll help the viewers there, yeah, so they're yeah. not just dead at center and not on like me the whole time. Watermelon and banana. Yeah, I, I, right. Coconut, yeah. Those are berries. I don't know why those I suggested berries. you go those there. Yeah, you should have put me to the banana's side. A berry. All right, cheers. Well, cheers you knowing to thirty-five years. Who's awesome? Jam band. Oh my god. Hmm. I'm so used to these plastic cups being bombs here that I just want to like slam it. I, right. I think that's what I, I was halfway there. I'm like, wait a minute, slow down. Like, Man, that was last delicious. night. I went through uh, three of these bombs like during the bowling league. It yeah, just, I was feeling good nice by the time I got out of here. It. Yeah, yeah, it's not. No, it's, yeah. it's really good. It's juicy. It's not overwhelming. Yeah. It's not too tart or too sour. Mm-hmm. Got wonderful color. It's got a like a really light flavor like it, it doesn't mm. get you until after you swallow really mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah it doesn't uh, like hit you at first so I was kind of sitting there like where's the flavor and then I'm like yeah. it's probably a little too sweet to be something I would drink a whole lot of I could definitely yeah. go for a can of it I could definitely get a can of it but it wouldn't be oh, the yeah. thing that I'm crushing all night I could, I could definitely do more of this than I could of a lot of other things oh. it's pretty refreshing it's in a can which means we could use the beer gambit and shotgun it pretty well I bet <laughs> yeah I bet we oh. could it's a, it's a shotgun in beer oh yeah no, I could oh, shotgun yeah. the hell out of this 
Maybe we'll have some after hours Bruce shenanigans. Because he was so confused. Well, I mean, the easy going down is just how it's going to sit. Oh. It's not going to sit. Doesn't matter how it sits. It's just getting it down that matters. Like, whatever happens afterwards just happens. Whatever happens, happens. As long as you get it in you, just whatever way it comes back out, that's fine. I haven't shotgunned a beer since (laughs) the incident. The incident? (laughs) That was a wondrous incident, though. Yeah. We were were trying to drink five all day, see who could drink five. It was five or six. Who could drink them the fastest? And on the fourth or fifth one, someone's like, "Let's, let's shotgun these. So I'd already drinking like four beers in like five or ten minutes, like, yeah, just and then through. shotgun this one, held it for about forty-five seconds, and then just blew chunks. Oh, right, oh, right as camera. I said, you got one more beer, and he yeah. just, <laughs> just the thought of it, like more beer. <laughs> I go inside for about a minute and a half, clean myself up, walk my ass back out there, and finish that other beer, like a champion, like a champion. fucking champ. Yeah, yeah, man. No, I, uh, I. Back when I was in high school, I walked to school one day and I uh, had like three beers in my backpack, and they were cheap ass beers, Keystone Ice. Mm, good, good stuff. And, good. Well, I mean, you, I have fond memories you, of that stuff. You get what you can in high school. Yeah. So I get to the park, and everyone's there, and I'm like, "Well, fuck! I don't want these in my backpack when I go to school. Might as well just chug them now before school." High schooler chugging Keystones in the park. Yes. Uh, Continue. <laughs> He made Keith Stone proud that day. <laughs> <laughs> this is America. <laughs> I got all three of them down pretty quickly, except for the fact that they're all warm and Ooh. extra fizzy. And uh, I'm, I've got all my friends around who just got done cheering for me finishing three beers in like five minutes. So uh, last thing I wanted, well. the last thing I wanted to do was throw up in front of them. Right. Yeah, you did. But I'm not really in charge of that decision. Right. So I walk over the <laughs> I walk over to the edge of the gazebo, and um, wasn't I didn't exactly puke. It was just what shot out of my mouth was a twelve foot long stream of foam. Damn! Uh, I knew that was coming. It was mm-hmm. just a foam hose, just foam. just being squeezed foam and triggered hose. by his stomach. Mm. It and it, it came out and it just floated to the ground. Jeez, it floated. It didn't <laughs> floated. drop. It, it, it floated. It, 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 it floated. gracefully descended it had upon time. The... It had hang time. Oh, man. It did one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's such a good hand gesture. I love it. All right, we're moving on to the next one. This one is from Brewlink. It is a hole-in-one sour ale brewed with jelly donuts in collaboration with Al's Donuts. How do you brew jelly donuts? You know what? Wow, you can smell. I don't know, man. I, re- awesome. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, but it does I thought, smell I like you were going to have a really good response to that. A jelly donut. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it specifically has to be a jelly donut. And for those of you not familiar with the smell of a jelly donut, it smells like a donut pastry with powdered sugar and some sweet jelly. Look how, like, look at the expression on the beer. Like, the donut's all like, man, I am just killing it. And he's like, you know, this dude is sitting on my head. Yeah, he's in his head. Just chilling. But yeah, that no, poor it, beer. He is, he is, the the, the know, donuts did this, this. The donuts did this against the beer's will. He is not a willing participant. Look at him. He's, he does that, not. He does not consent to this. This donut just bathing inside and, of him. And they're just like, exactly. trust us, dude. You're going to like it's it. Like, and he's like, man. like, you are in me like, and I don't hey, want to be. No, but look at it. He's all like, dude, what are you doing inside of me? Right. And then he's all like, the donuts just go with it. And he's all like, dude, what happened to the rest of you? You were whole and now there's a hole missing. Did you just leave some of yourself inside me? 
Yeah, the donut mm. hole's having a great yeah. time. The donut hole's having a real good time. And these fucking creeps over here are like, yeah, Bubba, we did it. We made a sale. Oh, my goodness. All right, we're taking this way too far. This All is right. getting... Uh, Let's enjoy, shall no, we? No, this is a good tangent. Yee. 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 Oh, my goodness. It's like a oh, that is sour candy. Very fruitful oh, tart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tarts you right in the mouth and then it goes down smooth. That's good. Yeah. Gonna tart you right in the mouth. Gonna tie you to right a radiator and grape you in the mouth. <laughs> I was trying to, like I was trying to think of like tartar. what candy it reminded me of, and then it's like, you know, sweet, sweet tart. tart. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it kind of helped mm. me tell me. You ever made sweet tart water? You just oh. crush up a bunch and mix it into your water? I'm not. It's not that good. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I made an M&M pizza it's not once. Quite Kool-Aid, is it? M&M pizza. No, it is not Kool-Aid. Yep. <laughs> Just got a cheese pizza. Apparently that powder put M&Ms on it and put it in the oven. Wanted to. Right. It's pretty good. My dad is not happy. I was like 10 years old. So <laughs> It was like, why the fuck are you using the oven? <laughs> like I wasn't even supposed to be using the oven. Burning down the house, dad. I've seen someone use uh, sprinkles on a pizza. Ooh. Oh wow. It was colorful. I tried making Skittle soup and it absolutely did not work. I can't can imagine vodka. any sense that it would. It, you can make Skittles vodka. It ruined, good. It ruined the pan. What? Like, trying to <laughs> boil yeah. Skittles. Over at Bobby T's, they have uh, Skittles vodka. Yeah. They've got all sorts of... No, they actually have a vodka that's got a ton of Skittles soaking oh in it, God, and it tastes like Skittles. Right now. They've got a whole wall with... They've got different different infusions. Yeah. My favorite's favorite is pineapple. Yeah, I was going to say... They have, like, peach, pineapple, raspberry, cherry... Uh, the uh, fruit looks terrible berry. at the bottom because it's been soaking forever. All kinds the of Skittles looks great. The, deli- like, the Skittles one is amazing. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Exactly you just let it, it sit down there forever. Once I try to make like a Chinese food pizza, I put really? like General Tso's on my pizza. That sounds amazing. Like, what if people order the most Chinese food pizza mashed together? Yeah. Get some tacos yeah. in there somehow. Uh, some crab, crab rangoon pizza. I've had mm. the taco pizza. They're pretty good. Or some sweet and sour chicken pizza. Actually, um... Papa John's had one of those a few years back. A sweet and sour pizza? Yeah, they did. It didn't last very long. Because it, it, was, only, it was only a promotional thing, but... All right, the sauce on the pizza, the pizza itself was shit, but the sauce was the best sauce to mix with anything else you were fucking eating. Like chicken, like meat, like... I, I took a, I took a I stole a bag took it home. And Naturally. I'm calling the authorities, Jadams. It doesn't matter. I don't work there anymore. And fuck them. Fuck Papa John's. Um, yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck Papa Jones. And that racist founder. <laughs> it was fun. It was like I remember seeing all that in the news, and I remember hearing about them losing all their sponsorships and stuff. And it and I got Pizza Hut and saw on the uh, on the box they said proud sponsors uh, of the NFL. I'm like, they said fuck you. They went to Pizza Hut. I like Pizza Hut way better than Pizza Papa Hut. Is yeah. Way better. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And the they... buffet at Pizza Hut. Oh yeah! All of the awesome. all of the Papa John's boxes for all these years have always had NFL shit on it. Football, yep. everything for the entire year, and not no more. I assumed it would be a thing where they they like quite they backed away and quietly just kept doing it because they're shitheads like that. But when I saw it, it was like, nope, fuck you, Papa John's. We're going to Pizza Hut. I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus. So good. <laughs> this is good pizza. Pizza. Um, Mr. Tom Kelly's joining us on Facebook Live. Thank you. I think Thank you to everyone the, else that's been watching. This is the Hop Solution. Okay, People are watching. Uh, this is the uh, double double IPA from Bell's. Um, I was told a little bit of insider info. Uh, starting in February, they're going to have a double two-hearted. It's really? a double-hearted ale? Double-hearted, yeah. Hearted is great. 
So instead of being a regular IPA, so it'll, is re- it it'll be a legit two-hearted, two-hearted. Is it a quadra heart? Four hearts. It'd be a quad heart. It's like after you get through the first temple in <laughs> Zelda, you got <laughs> that is extra, it, that is extra it like, heart. Is it like cow stomachs but hearts? Um, n- n- no. Cow stomachs of hearts. No, like pixelated. I don't. Well, I don't know. There's man. four. <laughs> there's four cow stomachs and a cow. But oh. a heart has four chambers. Yeah, We're talking about stomachs. sixteen. If they chambers. put because sixteen on, chambers, that's, that's one hell of a revolver. That's a circulatory system. That sounds like it could finally empty out my bathtub. Circulatory network. Can't believe the cows haven't rose up against us. I could use one of those. With all that tub. heart power. But like beer you said this was called blood. what now? I hop solution. <laughs> <Hop> solution. <laughs> okay. Let's let's I drink this beer. This. Let's dive in. Let's dive on in. Yee. Ooh. Mm. Top notch. Two notes. Wow, she was notch. Liberty here was drinking good. beer with a straw when I first showed up, um, and then I asked her if that's what she was actually doing, and she got embarrassed and took it away. Like, she, she walked in she and didn't ordered the her. double IPA, though. So I was like, okay, mad respect. And then I saw the straw, and I was like... I always get shit for the straws. What do you, what, you do? What do you people do have you? against straws? It's just in beer. I've never... Nothing against straws, you got, against some, you got something against the straws? Got nothing against the straws. I've just never seen it before, so I was like asking. The car, the, and then, for the some reason, she stopped. If you want a straw, drink with a straw. You be you. Can we get the girl a straw? Uh, yeah, <laughs> someone. Can we get a straw for the lady here? Can we get a curly Can I get a straw? straw? A straw? A straw. Can we get you, the most... Did you drink drinks with? The pinkest, curliest straw in existence. Actually. Not one of those wimpy cocktail straws, a real one. Yeah, there one. you go. Can you give me two straws? Double down. Give me two straws. Chris is like, I did not commit to this. No. Chris, say hi to everybody Chris. on Facebook. Chris. Everybody. No, come hi, over here. Chris. How are you doing, man? Show your hey, face. Straws. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, straws. This is good beer, though. Yes, I'm really enjoying. Yeah, no, it. I was really, I was, uh, I? I really enjoyed that. It's not, uh, it's not too bitter. It goes down pretty easy. <laughs> it's one of those things oh, that yeah, I'm more yeah. uh, used Actually, to. Actually, that's a. It doesn't mess up. Like it doesn't get. It doesn't even get in my mustache. I might have to fucking do that. Oh shit! Chris, say hi to the Facebook audience. Show your face. Show your face. Show your hand. No, no. There's Chris. Hopefully, we'll get P-Lot later. That's Chris, hey. the lead singer to Yesterday's Ladies, Chips. Ladies, if you've got, Crispy. you know, you don't want to mess up your lipstick. Chris your lip Pilot, gloss. the guitar player. Ah. Straws on the way to go. Ah. That's all I'm saying. I have, of, of course that's why. I've that always done the whole, hook the mustache way up and then oh, straws pour under the it. Holy shit, man. that shit smells like a Every, hey, but everybody wants to sip on the straws, you know. But if you do care about environment and turtles, then straws are not the way to go. Tom says, I met y'all at 450 North. Good. We've met so many friends up at 450 going to their releases. Join us in a new podcasting adventure where we will journey far and wide to worlds, planets, territories, dungeons. I'm Nick. I'm Dave. And this is Dungeons with Dudes. (laughs) We are recording for the second time as Dungeons with Dudes. With Dudes! Um, And dragons! (laughs) And things. Dudes and dragons and flagons and fun <laughs> and farts, and farts. And, farts. <laughs> and farts. We did start. We did start uh, this encounter today with some no, farts. No, dudes and dragons and flagons and fun and flatulence. Flan? Flan. Have you not had flan before? It's delicious. Thank you for joining us, Madeline. Thank you for joining us, Brian. Hey. Hi, Brian. Dave Linder joins us as well. Fuck that um, guy. I'm trying, but I can't. He's joining us a lot. You're, you're here and you're there. 
You're all over the place. Is there right another here. one? Yeah. Is there another one of you somewhere? There might be, but there's one on the TV. That's cool. Yeah. Right there. Whoa. Fuck that guy up. And there's one right there too. Oh, I'm freaking out. Let's stop. Let's stop. I'm freaking out. Freaking out. It's a bit much. Um, so we are still planning um, exactly how we're going to do the show in terms of um, how often we'll have us just playing card games, how often we'll just play board games, how often it'll be Dungeons and uh, Dragons and stuff. So we thought we would just kind of ease our way into this with a fun little card game. We'll test run. We'll test run. I've not played this game. Uh, but Dave has, so he's going to give us a very quick, very quick rundown, so just you guys know what's going on, uh, and then we're going to dive on into it. All right, so this game is called Super Fight. It's about fighting. Super Saiyans. And being super. Can I see the box? You may, if I can find it. There it is. So the way this works, for everyone, is you will draw two white cards, and I will drop it immediately on the floor. You have two, and those are like fighters, like people like this. Uh, we have the birds and Hannibal. The birds and the beast. And then you will draw two black cards, and you'll pick one of those. I will put, I'll have the birds, um, no, you know what? I'll do Hannibal on a segue. And then you grab, you draw a random black card and add that to the group. So this is Hannibal on a segue. It has two extra arms. Wow. And then someone else would do the same thing. It'd be Austin. So I would draw two. Draw these two. And he will make his fighter. My fighter will be... Move this. Let's get all this Let's see what I got. Or we could put it inside the designated play field that we made. <laughs> that so we this, talked about that and that I mainly did not do. <laughs> yep. I'm a great co-host. Maybe we'll even, uh, maybe we'll face them so that people... Oh. So I put down one white card and my two and a black card. And then the random Yes, card. and then you get a random black card. I'm going to have the ghost of Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Controls an army of flying monkeys. And then... Then, armed with can of whoop-ass. <laughs> a can of whoop-ass. Okay. So then we would argue to see who would win. And then after our arguments have been made, it goes to a vote. Cool. And the winner of that moves on, and the, the next person will draw their fighter. And if, they, and if you win three times in a row with the same group, with the same with the same guy, if you won three times in a row with the same guy, they get retired into the Hall of Champions. Cool, cool. So uh, my argument is this: is the ghost of Osama bin Laden. So Hannibal can't eat him. He also has an army of flying monkeys, which I'm pretty sure are suicide bombers, and he's also armed with a can of whoop ass in this. I really don't have an argument for this. I, I, <laughs> I was going to argue it's with just but, all like I don't think there's no. an argument. I, I, in my head, it goes to the ghost of Osama bin Laden. There's, I mean, an army. Like, he he has an army against one Hannibal <laughs> with an extra pair of arms. Like on a segue. On a segue. Like, that's terrifying. Hello, so, Clarice. My question. He's my also question. armed with a can of whoop ass. Is, <laughs> is, is Osama armed with the whoop ass, or since that was your extra card, are the flying monkeys armed with a can of whoop ass? Yeah. The, uh, the it, it would be. It would be the actual fighter. So it'd be a, okay. 
But so if you somehow get through this army of flying monkeys, you got to fight the ghost of Osama bin Laden with a can of, that's armed with a can of wolf hats. Yeah. Just ready. Just, bomb. But that's the game. Case, that's the game in a nutshell. Bomb. I'm giving it to Osama. Yep. All right. So I as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so do we just discard the? Uh, let's other... just let's just start over. That was just a sample. You know, okay, just... all right, that works. So we'll put these at a discards over here, and then who wants to go first? I'll uh, go first. Let's let Brett and I go first. Yeah, you guys. Since do you guys have been doing. Yeah, let's go ahead and discard first. our other random stuff. So I draw two hundred stories. Two black and two white. It's more fun if you put it down in secret and reveal yeah. it. Okay. So then we take another a random, we random, random black card. Random black card. Alright. And then you reveal and fight! So I have a sumo wrestler on a velociraptor. Ooh. And is a hypotenuse. <laughs> Hypnotist. A hypnotist. <laughs> hypnotist. <laughs> a hypnotist sumo wrestler on a velociraptor. Explains that's why he's on a raptor. That's a little scary. A, I'm sorry, that says velocipede. I'm sorry, that says velocipede. Okay. I you just can't quick. read today. I can't. You, so can I've got the crow. And he is... Got super endurance. And is also... Riding a... <laughs> Draw a character from the deck. So you draw a character, and that what he is riding. He is riding a lorry. <laughs> <laughs> lorry from The Walking Dead. <laughs> yep. God damn it. <laughs> Wait, pre-zombie or post-zombie? I don't know. I don't know. Who's Lori? I don't isn't know. That, isn't that uh, isn't that Rick's Rick, wife? Rick Grimes' wife? I think so. I don't. I'm not a big Walking Dead guy. I'm not. Either. It's just on the. It's just in there. No, yeah, that's his wife. So, so you're either riding a pregnant woman. <laughs> There's also pre-pregnancy, but I'm thinking either like pre-zombie, post-zombie. But I mean, I may have fucked it up, but a velocipede sounds fucking terrifying. I don't know it's, what it is. But... That's like a human centipede velociraptor version. I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Does the Google know what a velocipede is? <laughs> The um, Google. Do you viewers know? Don't what summon the Google. Is? I forgot to hire an R and D department. Yeah, we don't have an R and D department for this, so we're stuck on our own, boys. <laughs> this is a start. Yeah. We'll eventually get an R. I'm going to go department. ahead and say that's a human centipede, but as velociraptors. Um. So you got like three velociraptors sewn ass to mouth, and you're riding them. I'm thinking it's a very long velociraptor with a hundred legs. Both are terrifying. <laughs> Think of all those talons, dude. I'm saying, I'm saying the the crow's a pretty scary dude all by himself. I mean, he's just a dead guy who's sad all the time. Yeah. What? <laughs> but how much does your depression power you? <laughs> Not a lot. I'm powered Eat by Cheetos, I'm powered maybe. By food, dude. It's a sumo wrestler, and I can hypnotize. I know, honestly, and I, can I don't have much of an you. argument. And I may not know what a velocipede is, but it does sound fucking terrifying. Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I don't. I think I would give give it to the crow over the sumo wrestler, but I would not give it to the crow against the sumo wrestler on the back of a velocipede. Like, I don't know. I gotta get. Go, I gotta give it to the crow because the crow can't die, and he's got the super endurance, which means he can ha hold up to a lot more. I only have to hypnotize you though. 
Yeah, use hypnotism. You don't know don't if you can. Don't kill me. How, how do don't you know if you can? Me. He probably has the mental endurance to keep up against it. So, because he's got super and I've got endurance. Super endurance so. Which means Ooh. that's a good point. Which means, but hey, if you're riding on a lorry, and I'm riding on a velocipede. Yeah, his velocipede is going to be distracted by a pregnant woman, and he's going to kill you both. All right. How can we argue what a velocipede would be distracted by? Because you don't even know what it is. You thought it was. <laughs> you, you, what None did of you us think know it what was it is. at first. <laughs> you said Velociraptor. I just saw Velosa and Sumo Wrestler, so I just played both. All right, so now we'll do. <laughs> didn't even read the whole no, card. I sure did it. What did you think hypnotist was at first? Hypnotist. <laughs> hypnotist. Yeah. Something that was not right. All right, so it's you guys. It's you two to get to vote. What do you think? Oh no! I've seen as how he doesn't even know what he's. <laughs> he loses because the crow can't die anyway, and he's got super endurance. As much what... as I would love to go for Brett's fighter, Austin makes a good point, <laughs> and we don't know what half this Brett's stuff just is. An idiot. So, <laughs> I love you, Brett. I'm gonna go with the crow as well. Stupid. Oh wow! Oh wow! So now that stays All right, and now it's my turn. I don't do anything. Nope. You continue to argue. You're fighter against his. I think I started my argument by saying I don't have much of an argument. <laughs> you did. You guys made a better argument than I did. So, uh... But, uh, I'll do what I can to defeat whatever wild fighter Dave comes up with. Oh, who's saying stuff on here? Nobody. Oh, Brian Martin said Lori is Rick's wife. Thanks, Brian. We love Brian. Glad we figured that out. He <laughs> really helped. Alright, so my fighter is Obama... Who can control opponent's right hand. Uh-oh. And also is radioactive. Uh-oh. Radioactive Obama. Radioactive Obama. <laughs> Who can control my right hand. Um. Right hand was the crow's like shooting hand. So you kind of... Are you sure of that? I, I, I thought I, he was left-handed. Because he was a left-handed guitarist. He's got both hands. <laughs> he, he did pull the heroin out of that chick's arm with his right hand so is Obama going to stop him from saving drug addicts <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point but I think radioactive Obama don't care Obama, Obama didn't do much about the opioid crisis when he was in office well he did keep he, I'm not going to get into that this is not <laughs> politics it's not politics with dudes this is Dungeons and Dudes um I don't know. I, I I think the crow can't die. I don't have I don't have to kill him. I just have to beat him. I can incapacitate him with it. I can't you can't do anything with that hand. Grab that. And I'm radioactive. Pole. You're getting cancer. Yeah. Who cares if you get cancer if you can't die? But I'm also Obama. I'm just a chill guy. A warmonger. Warmonger that isn't yeah. actually going to do anything when he's put up to it. Yeah. So the crow wins. I'm saying Obama, because control your hand. Grab that pole. Now you just can't move. You're just stuck there. Well, what if I cut it off? All like ace fucking ash. The uh, Evil Dead Ash version. Cut it off. Cut ash- it. Ashley? Oh, you're trying to control my right arm? I'm going to cut my fucking right <laughs> arm off, bitch. <laughs> In my opinion, he still has control. I'm going to strangle you with that, that severed arm now. I don't, I, I, my mind ain't going to strangling, but... He's a big fan of drones. <laughs> Mine always does. <laughs> yeah, does Obama still have access to the drone program? <laughs> so that's my argument. So... My vote's Obama. I'm still going with Crow. So how, how are we going to do this? 
See, this is the thing that we were worried about. Yeah, it, it happened. <laughs> Her guys, biggest fears happened. Nate, you guys are going to have to rock, paper, scissors for it now. That's the only logical way, I think. All right. On shoot. Shoot. Rock, yeah. paper, scissors, shoot. That's two out of three. This is great for audio. It is. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ah! Dave's one up, but it's two out of three. It's only fair that way. Two out of three. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh! <laughs> you got me. All right, Dave really me. got Take that, like crow. Pew, 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 the only pew. way to defeat the crow is in a rock paper round of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Austin. Looks like you're fighting a radioactive Obama that can control your right hand. Do I get rid of these cards? Yeah, yeah we just put them in the discard. Nick, I'm so excited to be part of this with you. I know this is this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Got, I got a lot of cool ideas. Fun. We're I'm having lot, fun. We got a lot of fun games to play. We we, got, we just got games sitting all around the room. Everybody. We got some nice guests. Here yes, we do. We didn't even introduce. Them <laughs> we <this>. didn't. <laughs> we're so good at this show. Yeah, we're we're easing our way in. Uh, like anal. Whoa, <laughs> Dave. There's no easing. Sorry. It's not, it's not bruiser dudes. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> a little PG. Just a little. <laughs> no PG wouldn't show when I'm on it. <laughs> Alright. My random, which I'm gonna go full on random. So I've got Femi Fatale. 50 of them. <laughs> 50 Femi Fatales. Gets up every time you think they're dead. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> uh, them. <laughs> them. 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 They win. Do we have to argue? Do you guys wanna argue? Do I mean, I, I'm gonna give them all cancer. But every time they think they're dead. <laughs> yeah, every time you think they're dead, they're not. And Femi, Femi Fatale is like... They're just bad, bad bitches. Bad bitches. <laughs> they have no argument. Even if they don't have access to their right hands, they're still some bad <laughs> bitches. 